Ah, the hero's journey. Like any good quest for gold and glory will often involve a lot of trial and tribulation, mostly physical. And although it makes us sad, it is somewhat cathartic to see our most beloved fighter lay down their gloves in the octagon, call it a day, and know that you are no longer going to have to see them get punched in the face every Saturday night. But the call to combat is often as powerful as the Horn of Gondor itself, and many of our favorite fighters can't resist returning to the sport for just one more run. Looking to embark once more on the quest for mixed martial arts renown. More often than not, we count out these fighters who typically have seen better days, but yet are determined to make a triumphant return to the sport. So with that in mind, it's me, Balian, from MMA On Point, and here are 10 spectacular underdog returns. Number 10, Tim Elliott. Often seen scrambling about the octagon with the same energy and unpredictability of an eclectic squirrel, Tim Elliott first made his UFC debut back in 2012, where he went 2-4, losing out to the flyweight division's higher-level competition. He jumped to Titan FC, where he won three bouts in a row and captured the championship, and received a call from the UFC inviting him to join the Ultimate Fighter Season 24, where a grand tournament was taking place, featuring the best flyweights around the world, all current champions from other promotions. And just who out of all these former UFC fighters churned the cream into butter and gracefully slid out on top? Why, none other than our own Tim Elliott, of course. So, given the fact he was crowned victor of Tough 25, his prize was a shot at the eight-time defending and frankly quite bored flyweight champion Demetrius Johnson. Yay, that sounds like fun. Well, for Tim, it certainly looked like it was, as from the moment the horn sounded, we saw him play his greatest hits of awkward movement, monkey-like scrambles, and unrelated relenting submission threats, giving DJ one of the more terrifying moments in his UFC career after getting deep on a guillotine that turned into a front headlock series, putting the champ in some serious danger. DJ weathered the storm and ultimately won the fight, but Elliot proved all the naysayers wrong, enjoyed a moral victory and a second UFC career. Number 9. Anthony Smith Here's a perfect example of an individual who has wholeheartedly earned their nickname through the trials of combat in the octagon alone, Lionheart himself, Anthony Smith. Smith's first stint in the UFC began way back in 2013, following the acquisition of Strikeforce by the UFC. Lionheart was matched up with Antonio Braga Nito at UFC on Fuel 10, but unfortunately for Smith, just two minutes into the contest, he found himself deep in a knee bar and was forced to tap. And the UFC, apparently not impressed with his performance, subsequently cut the Lionheart. So after spending three years on the global MMA circuit, not limited to Victory FC, Bellator, Extreme Beatdown, Cage Fury FC, and Resurrection fighting alliance, he finally received that call from Sean Shelby, granting him another shot in the promotion. And boy, did he make the most of it, amassing a 7-2 record and doing enough to warrant a title shot against champion John Jones. Considering Smith was cut and turned into just another MMA journeyman destined to wander from promotion to promotion like a migrating sea turtle, his return to the UFC and subsequent run to the title was as equally unexpected as it was impressive. Number 8. Jorge Masvidal Gamebred's time away from the sport came not from injury or retirement, instead spending months deep in the Dominican Republic jungle as he competed in reality TV show Exelthon Estados Unidos. Jorge described events on the BJPen.com radio podcast as the competition pitted him against athletes, gymnasts, and parkour experts in the sweltering heat as they battled through obstacle course challenges, survival conditions, and isolation tests. 
Gamebred, stating that no one in the division wanted to fight him, decided to jump into the reality show until a top 10 opponent presented themselves. During this time, Masvidal reflected on his UFC career, including his six losses that had all come by way of decision, four of them split. Once his jungle-fevered ruminations were over, Jorge stepped back into the octagon with one mission in mind to baptize those put before him. Now, two years removed from competition, he was matched up with former title challenger Darren Till, with a bout also taking place in jolly old England, Till's home country. Masvidal put forth his prophecy and it came true as he KO'd Till at the midpoint of the second round, stunning the home crowd into silence. It then took only five more seconds of octagon time for him to KO Askren and secure the biggest fight of his career against Nate Diaz. Talk about a comeback, right? Number 7. Misha Tate the history of women's mixed martial arts in the UFC is a relatively short one, going back to the year 2013 when the Strikeforce Bantamweight division was folded into the promotion. Beginning a professional career in 2007 and entering the UFC after amassing a six-fight winning streak in Strikeforce, only to meet Ronda Rousey and tap to the armbar like everybody else. Cupcake bounced back with another five-fight winning streak culminating in her performance against Holly Holm, where she secured the tap and the championship late in the fifth round. Following two losses and now 10 years into her MMA career, however, Misha walked away from the sport, a former champion and a pioneer. But another five years later and Tate made an announcement that she would be returning to the UFC, not only for one fight but to make another run at the title. Nearly 15 years since she began fighting, Tate re-entered the octagon to face veteran Mary in Renault, where after showcasing some improvements to her striking and footwork, she recorded the only stoppage in Renault's career and successfully obtained a victory in one of the longest layoffs in UFC history. Number 6. Uriah Faber now let me welcome everybody to MMA was the cry of California native and Sacramento son Uriah Faber as he took the WEC promotion up and down the west coast of the US as the headlining act and champion. Flash forward to his UFC career following the assimilation of the WEC's roster into the new bantamweight division of the UFC, where he won eight fights in just three years, losing only to rival Dominic Cruz and then unstoppable Nosferatu Helen Burrell. Faber continued in the division but with a sporadic career, dropping losses to the up-and-comers of the division where previously he had wiped out all but the best until he finally announced his retirement following a victory over Brad Pickett in 2016. A good end to a great career. Little did we know, Faber fancied himself a 40th birthday present and so three years later booked a bout against rising contender Ricky Simone. Questions were raised given the age and time off for Faber but he walked out to his Sacramento home crowd and scorched Simone in just 40 seconds echoed with roars by one of the loudest audiences you've heard in your life. Epic return and surely a fairy tale ending for Faber. Unfortunately, he went on to fight Peter Yan and although no longer retired, has yet to take another fight. Number 5. Andre Arlovsky MMA is the sport of unpredictability. Sure, you can take a look at a fighter's age, previous win streaks and accomplishments and make an assessment about when the prime of their career might be at an end, but there will always be one fighter who comes along and throws all of that meticulously collected data out of the window. Enter the Belarusian sensation Andrei Arlovsky, a man with more high-level MMA fights than Mintz has potatoes. So let's start at the beginning. Arlovsky's first professional fight took place in 1999. By the year 2000, he was already in the UFC and in 2004, he won the interim heavyweight UFC championship after submitting Tim Sylvia. He hung around the promotion until 2008 when his contract was up and over the next six years fought across the world in Elite XC, Affliction, Strikeforce and World Series of Fighting. 
So when 2014 rolled around, now 10 years removed from UFC Championship gold, doubts were raised about the level of athlete Andre still was and if he was truly UFC worthy. But the promotion signed him anyway. He edged his first bout over Brendan Sharp, then going on to KO Antonio Silva, Travis Brown, and beat Frank Mir, amassing an impressive four-fight run. Even Luke Thomas admitted he had never been more wrong about a fighter. I just never saw this coming. I've been totally wrong about Arlovsky for, for quite some time. Now, another six years later, he's still picking up octagon wins. Number four, Mark Hunt. In his 20-plus years as a professional combat sports athlete, the Super Samoan has created a highlight reel of superhuman knockouts first appearing on our screens, climbing his way up the K1 kickboxing world heavyweight ladder. Eventually being invited to the 2001 Grand Prix, where he won three fights in one night to become the K1 champion. From here, he moved into mixed martial arts to middling success, going 4-1 before facing the elite pride had to offer and going on a five-fight skid, including losses to Josh Barnett, Fedor Emelianenko, Alistair Overeem, and even Gegard Mousasi. So, by the time the UFC came knocking at the door of pride, the future career prospects in MMA did not look good for Mark. The UFC even offered to pay him instead of signing a UFC contract. But the Samoan being as super as he is, and obviously having a clear understanding of what he wanted his chosen career rear path to be, jumped into the octagon and proceeded to lose his first fight. Yet again, ignoring the naysayers, Hunt was not deterred, re-entered the octagon three months later and scored a knockout of the night. Mark went on to lose only one out of his next seven fights, culminating in a shot at interim heavyweight gold, going from being counted out to the top of the sport. Number 3. Robbie Lawler from one longtime veteran of mixed martial arts to another, ruthless Robbie Lawler burst onto the UFC scene in 2002, where he hurricaned his way through his early opponents, showing an unmatched cause for ferocity and violence. He would go on to lose three out of four bouts, however, and left the promotion to make the MMA World Tour, fighting in Pride, KOTC, and Elite XC, before finally finding his way to Strike Force in 2009. His time with the promotion was a little hot and cold, occasionally performing feats of extreme athleticism and war cry inducing acts of violence, but also occasionally looking out of shape and disinterested with the sport altogether. He won just three of his eight fights, but in 2013, the UFC bought out Strikeforce and so Robbie once again found himself in the octagon. Despite questions about his age and enthusiasm for the sport, he was determined to make an actual title run, dropped to 170 pounds and went on a ruthless campaign, flatlining Josh Koscheck, Bobby Volker and even beating the heralded future champion in Rory McDonald. Amazingly, his UFC return had taken him straight to the top and although he lost out on the title to Johnny Hendricks, he again returned to the rankings to win five straight, showcasing his unfathomable warrior spirit, unstoppable will and now unquestionable heart. Also beating Hendricks in the rematch along the way, won the belt and defended it twice. Number 2. Dominic Cruz If you're a fan of this channel and our lists, you'll probably find the name Dominic Cruz appears quite often. He's had one of the more interesting MMA careers and as such often appears on lists identifying interesting facts or moments within the fight game. Cruz had captured the WEC bantamweight gold in 2010 and went on to defend the belt twice before the promotion was swallowed up by the UFC. Much like Jose Aldo, he kept his belt and was crowned inaugural bantamweight champion, defending it twice again before his first major injury, an ACL tear, kept him sidelined until 2014. Then a torn groin added an extra six months to that and lost him his UFC championship. 
Despite two years off, however, he scorched Takeo Mizugaki in his return to the Octagon, but subsequently reported he tore the ACL in his other knee and would again have to sit out. Finally, in 2016, four years after his last title fight, he made his return to face then-champion and absolute killer TJ Dillashaw. After five rounds of war, Cruz was announced the winner, and the UFC belt was once more strapped firmly around his waist, weaving one of the greatest underdog return stories of all time. Number 1. Randy Couture Beginning his career in 1997 with his first professional fight being in the UFC, yeah, that old school people, Randy Couture won four fights in a row with his final victory being against reigning heavyweight champion Maurice Smith. So just four bouts into his career, Randy was already UFC heavyweight champion. Over the next 10 years, Couture captured the heavyweight title again in 2000 after TKO in Kevin Randleman, then moved down to light heavyweight after losing his title to Josh Barnett. He promptly stopped Chuck Liddell's 11 fight winning streak via third round TKO, winning the UFC's interim light heavyweight title, then beat Tito Ortiz to capture the actual belt, becoming the first two-weight class champion in UFC history. Three more years and he'd been unable to put a winning streak together, and after being viciously KO'd by Chuck for the second time in their trilogy fight, announced his retirement from the sport. But just one year later and he was back and would be fighting Tim Sylvia for the heavyweight belt once more. Innumerable doubts were raised about Couture's ability to compete with the champion, especially given his age and two KO losses. Randy absolutely smashed Sylvia into the ground and was awarded his third UFC heavyweight championship. Forget the layoff, forget the age, forget his previous performances. This was Captain America, people. A big shout out to Luke Taylor for editing this video you can find him and some of his amazing artwork on Twitter at cool2me underscore. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you very much for watching everyone today. Please go ahead and like and subscribe if you did enjoy the content. We upload at least three videos every week for your viewing pleasure. Go ahead and leave a comment below if you want to join in the discussion and follow us on Twitter at MMAOnPoint and myself at Balian underscore plays. You can now jump in and join the community discord as well if you want to continue the discussion further. And I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I'll see you in the next one.